Welcome to the Heart to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Heart to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness, and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic, and high-tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Hard to Kill program. Let's get stuck straight into it. So welcome to the first Hard to Kill podcast of 2023. As you can see, obviously we've had a bit of a renovation. We've upgraded <laughs> to a certain extent. And that's following on from the podcast that uh, the brilliant podcast that I really enjoyed recording with Staz down in uh, down in Paul. And one of the biggest bits of feedback that we got was the uh, the difference in sound quality. Obviously, it was it was going to be the case given how much it we'd been up until this point in time. So in order for us to reward you as the listener, in order to make sure it is a pleasurable experience as well as informative, insightful information. We basically want to make sure that we're doing everything as professionally as possible moving to 2023 so you can enjoy what it is that we have to talk about. So with that being said, the content and the topic of today's podcast is the word holistic, okay, and holistic training. Now, I'm going to be honest here, for the longest time, the word holistic made me think, let's call it left of arc, okay? It was quite soft and fluffy. And if someone mentioned the word holistic training, I thought it meant, well, like, is your Sagittarius in line with your juju? Is it? Is it like, what does that even mean, okay? Is it to do with candles and burning incense? But ultimately, what we want to discuss today is, is holistic training and more specifically, holistic philosophy surrounding training for peak performance, for human optimization, and the relentless pursuit of excellence, which is obviously the stomping ground and the area of expertise of the Hard to Kill program. Okay. So, the first thing I want to start out by saying is, is helping you understand that to be holistic and holistic training is not a soft skill. Okay. It is not that that is associated with the left of arc that is, is a bit soft and fluffy and it's all about sitting and thinking about your feelings, so on and so forth. Now, with with that, I'm going to add a caveat that when we talk about, you know, listing to your feelings, etc., so on and so forth, the way in which we articulate that is important because although we're not going to sit in a circle and sing Kumbaya and talk about our juju and if, if our stars are aligned and if our periods are in sync and all that sort of stuff, ultimately there is an enormous strength in being able to emote, in being aware of our emotions and ultimately being able to regulate those. And so much of holistic training ultimately touches on to that in that we're constantly iterating using first principle reasoning. So we're looking at causal analysis, we're looking at cause and effect, and essentially we're looking to zoom out to identify, well, what are the, the facets and what are the variables that actually we can control and manipulate in an effort to get the outcome that we aspire to achieve, okay? So today we are gonna be talking about holistic training and we'll get sort of straight into the guts of it. What I'll do is I'll use some analogies and I'll use some examples and you listening to this can identify, well, is this something that I align with? Does this make sense? Can I relate to that? Have I experienced it in the past? And for pretty much any of you who are listening to this, I would hazard a guess the answer is yes. And what gives me the confidence to say that is, you know, we've been working with hundreds of peak performers in the past year alone. And over the past 10 years of my career, I've worked with thousands of peak performers. You know, we've, we've gained tens of thousands of sets of data from check-ins and debriefs and all this kind of stuff. So we simply know this to be true, but it's not enough for me to just slam that information into people's face. What I want to do in today's episode is take you on a walkthrough, talk through of how this might be presenting itself in your life, and then also talk about new philosophies that we can implement and begin to use in an effort to improve your outcomes. That's ultimately what it's all about. And if you can remember back to previous episodes of the Hard to Kill program that, granted, were not as professional as this, and you might not have listened to based on how poor the sound quality was, we spoke a lot about the psychological above and beyond the logistical. 
what I mean by that is, you know, let's take an analogy of, of being too busy, therefore deferring training or, you know, altering our nutritional choices, for an example. That would be an example of just focusing on the logistical. Whereas if we transcend that logical solution and we look to the psychological solutions, that's very much what it is that you and I are going to be discussing and talking about today. And that is the concept of holistic training. Okay. I also want to say that historically, if you'd have, if you rewound the clock like eight to 10 years and you told me that I was going to be sitting recording a podcast about holistic training today, I'd have probably punched you in the jugular and said, fuck off, I'm not doing that. Like I, I didn't really understand and comprehend what that's about, but it's through experience, it's through working with droves of, of peak performers and also applying it to myself through iteration, through failing, through failing forward, that I've realized there is no escaping it. And ultimately holistic is a word, but what it demonstrates is a true understanding of first principle reasoning of resilience. And we're going to talk on one of the core components of resilience and also I guess grit. Okay. We're going to talk about mental grit as well. Okay. So let's get into those examples. So let's talk about an individual. This might be you, this might be somebody, you know, this might've been you in a past life, uh, an individual who continues to make poor nutritional choices and they start off the day well. And you're like, yeah, I'm doing really, really well. I'm not going to fuck up today. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to eat anything off plan, quote unquote. And then it gets to like six or 7 PM. And for whatever reason, you're in the biscuit barrel or you're in where the fucking snacks live in your home, or you've even gone out to a shop or to the cup, et cetera. And you've bought things and you've eaten it. And then you begin to self-deprecate and self-loathe and self-flagellate. Oh, fuck's sake, I can't believe I've done it again. As a result, like the inner narrative becomes very critical. It becomes quite harmful. It becomes quite a toxic inner narrative. And as a result, you don't feel particularly good about yourself. In that circumstance, what individuals tend to do is, right, okay, I'm going to try again tomorrow harder. So I'm going to use this system that just didn't work, this line of code, which wasn't effective, and these belief systems, which are not working, and I'm going to do it again harder in the hope that that works. Um... Well, you tell me when you've tried that, has it worked? Okay, because what we've observed and analyzed again over working with thousands of high performers is it just doesn't. And even with working with myself and studying and analyzing and iterating and failing multiple times, I know that doesn't work. So what we have to do here is look to zoom out and say, well, what is causing that? Is it the fact that we're eating our emotions? Is it the fact that we're overloading our day with too much? And we know the science and the evidence shows us that if we're making too many decisions on a daily basis, if we're procrastinating too much, if we're overloading our decision-making pathways in the brain that we are less capable of executive function and therefore we fall back onto in great behaviors and although you, this, this might sound like relatively advanced neuroscience to me it just comes across as holistic it's not pointing the finger of blame at the individual event and outcome it's looking at okay so what has contributed to that has there been a stressful environment in that day as in did you get fucking dressed down by your boss as your missus giving you a fucking briefing because you haven't done something that you were supposed to do have all of these contributed to a sense of emotional stress because then we can also look to even use very simplistic frameworks like the Holt framework, whereby we are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, we are more inclined to make emotional decisions. So I started a lot of today speaking about emoting and being aware of our emotions, and it's not a soft skill. Well, this is the immediate interjection of, okay, how being self-aware and how being how being able to regulate those emotions is actually a fucking superpower if you aspire to be a resilient individual, a peak performer, and someone who gets the outcomes that are aspiring towards in life, rather than being someone who just comes up against the same roadblock time and time and time again, and just things that getting up and running at it harder is ultimately going to be the solution. Let's look at some more examples, okay? Because you might not be a person who has struggled with nutritional intervention. You might find that relatively easy. And, and for me, over the past couple of years, nutrition has been largely functional in terms of that's a decision that I made. That's a life rule I've created that for the greatest extent throughout the day, I'm eating for functionality because it allows me to concentrate. It keeps my cognition high. My recovery is good for training. My performance is generally accelerated as a result of it. And then I'm allowed to kind of allowed, quote unquote, to, you know, 
enjoy more pleasurable environments with food a couple of times a week i might go out for breakfast i might go out for, for a steak at the weekend so on and so forth but you might be someone who is very similarly aligned to that and nutrition is not a problem you might be someone who when you get stressed tired or too busy quote unquote that training takes a fall that consistency takes a hit and again the same thing tends to happen there self-deprecation enters the chat and more worryingly with training perhaps is that if you think you're aware of what you aspire to do being achieved and you believe that you're capable of greater than you currently are but you can't see to close that discrepancy between where you are and where you aspire to be high performers will then add self-deprecation to the mix we will procrastinate in very very different ways and when someone communicates with me or with us in the hard skill directing staff often we are looking to glean an enormous volume of information and context from not just what you say but how you say it and if the first thing that someone has to tell me is oh, i'm really busy at the moment mate you are communicating that one of your highest values is being perceived to be busy so now let's look at, well, why has training not been happening? Let's zoom out and let's use a holistic approach to this. If you've not been able to consistently train, but one of your highest values is being seen to be busy, quote unquote, that says to me that you're filling up your diary, filling up your day with too much stuff. And as a result, you're deferring your training and it's not in alignment with your highest values at this present moment in time. Now understand that until tested, our core values are just verbal preferences. And in these moments, your core values, quote unquote, are being tested and you're aligning with being busy and being seen to be busy, which can soothe insecurity about acquiring resources, providing for your family, keeping food on the table, being a professional specimen, so on and so forth. And as a result, training is falling by the wayside. So again, even though we're looking at core values, we're looking at belief systems, we're looking at neuroscience here, the bracket under which all of that is, is largely covered in the Hard to Kill program is, is being holistic. So let's now use another example. Let's talk about relationships. Okay, let's talk about an individual who's finding it really quite challenging to get off their phone and they're spending four, five, six hours of screen time every day on social media. And that's not an irregular, unregular occurrence. Okay. Multiple guys that I speak to when they're applying to the program, you know, we actually do a bit of a time study and I say, open your phone up, show me your time, show me your screen times allocated to social media. And it can be four, five, six hours every single day. And when you do the maths and add that up, it actually equates to an entire three months of your life have been spent on that screen. And it's very easy to begin to add, you know, logistical or logical solution to it of, okay, well, let's put a screen limit on. I don't know if any of you have tried that. Let's put a screen limit on. The first thing I do when it pops up is turn off for today. I just fuck it off. Okay. And you'll do exactly the same in the moment because whatever you're looking at is meeting a need within you. It is serving a purpose that is not otherwise being met in your life. So how is this related to your relationship? Well, let's pretend you're also having difficulties in your relationship. Let's pretend that you're not that fulfilled because you don't feel able to communicate to your partner. She's doing something or he is doing something that fucking snaps you, but you don't really know how to communicate about that. As a result, there's animosity, there's tension, there's a friction and you're diverging. So following on from that, an obvious consequence is your intermarital relations are not going to be the way that you aspire them to be. So what you're actually doing on social media is you're looking at hedonism. You're looking at fucking chicks with their ass out to not put too fine a point in it. You're looking at guys with their ass out, whichever way you're inclined, that's no business of mine, right? But you're doing things and, and you're essentially going into freeze mode. So many of you are aware of fight or flight, but there is also a third option. Technically there's a fourth too, but you're going to freeze mode and you're just spending time looking at that frozen because it's easier than, than dealing with the communication problem that's in your relationship. Now the issue with, with communication, the biggest issue of communication is the illusion that it's taken place because you might be 
be in a room and you're having two very different life experiences, you're almost trying to psychosomatically communicate that you're unhappy and that you wish you'd behave in a certain way. And you know, maybe she'd even do things that are as erotic in some of the videos you're watching on Instagram and the internet where you're spending all of your time, but it's not happening because you're not communicating about it. So although the actual symptom, quote unquote, which you don't feel like you've got time for training, you're not living a life according to your highest values. Actually, when we zoom out, it's because there's problems in your relationship because your missus is unhappy with you. You don't know how to communicate about that problem. And therefore the time that we could be allocating to preparing food, to administrating yourself, to reading, learning, educating, to mobility, to training, so on and so forth, is actually being squandered, wasted, and you know, just fucking sent into the ether on Instagram. So again, we're looking at very, very broad panoramics here, but I really do believe it's, it's necessary when you look at the life of a peak performer, because all the individuals who come to work with us aren't coming to work with us with, with you know, these, these catastrophic problems of, oh my God, I'm, I'm 40 pounds overweight and I can't do anything about it. I don't know how to do a bench press and I do two two steps a day. We're not looking at that end of the spectrum. And if, if you're at that end of the spectrum, it doesn't mean you're a bad person or you're ill qualified to be listening to this. It simply means that you've got different challenges at this present moment in time. But if you're listening to this, the chances are you're probably a 60% performer. Things are good, but they're not great. Things are okay, but you want excellent. So you have to be aware of the wider panoramic. You have to be aware of that first principle reasoning. If you haven't got time, quote unquote, well, let's look at what could be contributing to you like squandering this time. And downstream of that, we've got all of the facets associated with that set of challenges. So, you know, let's pretend you are spending too much time on the phone. Largely, that could be uh, wasting an enormous amount of your cognitive load because you're just consuming information and the brain is not really wired to do that. The brain is an organ. It is not a computer. You're not allowing regeneration. You never really get into flow states. You're not doing your best work at work, which then feeds into a belief system that, oh, okay, I have to work longer, I have to work harder, when actually, if we zoom out and look at the potency of that work, it's taking you eight hours to do two hours worth of work. Whereas if we were to have that communication breakdown with, with the partner and talk about what the problem is, what we aspire to do about it and create a resolute outcome, then we've got rid of that emotional stress. So we've got rid of that cognitive load, which means we're spending less time on social media, which means we're probably sleeping better as a result too. We've got more time to exercise and nourish our body, which means when we turn up at work, we're invigorated, we're inspired, and we've got like the capacity for executive function which means we're getting two hours of work done in two hours, which then means we've got more time to do whatever we want to do, whether that's training, et cetera, so on and so forth. So you're beginning to see how I'm bringing this jigsaw piece together. And ultimately that is how that we think in the Hard to Kill program. And it's one of the bits of feedback we get from many individuals who apply to work with us is I just like how holistic you are. And now you're beginning to understand I'm sharing those thought processes with you. And it all comes down to causal analysis. Now I spoke not too long ago about, about resilience and how holistic is, is so closely attenuated and associated with resilience. Well, we know Know that there are seven core components of resilience from a neuroscientific perspective there are seven core components and i think i've spoken about this once or twice before but ultimately we're looking at causal analysis so the ability to understand okay if i'm getting this outcome what am i doing in what way am i behaving how am i ha acting and how are my habits contributing to that outcome now that's not to say that we're looking to assign blame or fault we're literally just looking to assume responsibility and what that does is it empowers you because it's no longer outside of your control. You're no longer at the mercy of external variables. When you can dress back and you can zoom out and you can take that wide panoramic and apply first principle scientific reasoning to find the thing that is responsible for that downstream effect, you have just been empowered with the answer to change all of this. So you know, it's almost like the butterfly effect. Okay, If I'm able to flap my wings here, the downstream effect here is going to be exponentially improved. So if we're, we don't have time to train because we're too busy, okay, well, how much we're we looking to do on a daily basis? Where's the potency in that? How much time am I spending X, Y, and Z? 
Am I overloading myself? Is it a boundaries issue? Is it a self-worth issue? Bum, 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 bum. And then we can address up the chain. We can look at where the butterfly flapped its wings. We can basically analyze. We can look at how you're currently performing, how you're thinking, how you're seeing the world. We can synthesize a new line of code. We can bring that together and ultimately you will get better outcomes. So a great analogy that I would love to use here is actually not of mine. Um, it is one that I saw on, on Instagram, ironically enough, from a guy called Kirwan and Flat, who goes under the hashtag, I think of at Rugby Strength Coach. Now he's he's a guy that I've followed and looked up to for quite some time, probably since I first started, you know, in, in a strength and conditioning perspective. And he uses great analogy of, of being like a painter, a, a painter in the, in the sense of going to paint and decorate a house, not like the artistic kind, okay? So many individuals, you might be one of these, or you definitely know some of these, are, are going around bumping into problems and challenges, seemingly in the dark, and it's just like they're looking for someone to paint their house, okay? They're just literally asking for someone to paint their living room. And then an individual like, like me, for example, would turn up and say, okay, I've got my paint, I've got my bucket, got my brush all the prerequisite ingredients, I think, for painting a living room. But I've just noticed the fucking roof's on fire, mate. Do you want to do something about that? And then you're replying, no, 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 you paint the fucking living room, mate. I'm like, okay, but the roof is on fire. Are we going to do anything about that? Or is someone going to come and do anything about that? And then you're replying, paint the fucking room and shut the fuck up. That's literally how to look at this situation, how to look at this analogy. So for us, you know, we receive it as a compliment that we're holistic. I actually want to invert that and say that any coach that is not capable of being holistic, any coach that is not capable of seeing this wide spectrum, of seeing this panoramic, anyone who is not capable of addressing first principle reason cause, cause analysis is actually just not doing their fucking job. They're turning up, happy as fucking Larry, with a tin of paint in hand and the paint in your living room whilst a fucking fire is ravaging your life around them. And then you're there wondering why you're the problem, that you've why you've tried this program and that program and you've paid thousands of pounds over tens of years and not achieved the outcome you want because no fuckers turned up and said, mate, your roof's on fire. They've not been able to see that. They've been so hyper-focused on doing one thing, on getting their transformation photo on fucking Instagram, on getting their eight week before and after, on selling a fucking shit product that doesn't work. But no one's had the bollocks to, to, to dress back and tell you, mate, your roof's on fire. And I've been a coach earlier in my career and I know a great many coaches who, who maybe just lack, and this is not a pop, this is not an attack on these people because I've been this person who, who, you know, when you're early in your career, you don't really have the luxury or the liberty to, to, to call a lot of clients out. And one thing that you're not told and you're not prepared for when you qualify as a coach and you move into the world of strength and conditioning or, or personal training, whatever it is, whatever umbrella you operate under, is that you are going to be lied to. You are going to be avoided. You are going to be spoken down to. You are going to be competing against fast food marketing, which is worth tens of billions. And it's literally just you on your fucking onesie trying to make a change in the world, trying to make a difference in the world and it seems like everything's against you at some points in time and at times you know going back eight nine ten years ago when you don't really have the luxury you kind of have to do what you're told to do at that present moment in time and i've built a business based on that going back all those years when i was working one to on the gym floor and i felt the deep internal unhappiness as a result of that because i was gagged and bound you know i had duct tape over my mouth and a fucking flexi tie around my wrist just being told paint the fucking living room mate stop talking about the roof and it's really really challenging but again we can use a holistic approach here we can zoom out and look at the panoramic and say, look, we're not looking to assign blame or fault, but I do believe that as an industry, as coaches, as, as humans, we can do better. And we owe it to our clients and we owe it to our customers and clientele to say, you know, let's be honest about this. Yes, I can paint the living room and yes, I've got the faculties and I've got the capability to do that, but I'm not lifting a fucking finger until you and I put that roof out. And it is that simple. So coaches do have a degree of moral dilemma because 
they have got to put food on the table. They have got to keep the lights on. They have got to do what they need to do to operate in business. And sometimes people just lack the courage. They lack the self-belief. They lack the confidence. Others, if I'm being really direct, just have willful ignorance, okay? Because it's not, it's not conducive with their transformational procedures. It's not conducive to their business success, quote unquote. It's not conducive to a high performing quarter. It's not conducive to any of those things that get them a pat on the back from other coaches and business gurus in the industry. For them to actually address and identify, uh, well, mate, this is going to take a lot longer than you thought because your fucking roof's on fire. But ultimately, it comes down to having the courage to do that. And it comes down to integrity. And we make no bones about the fact that we're not going to vilify or, or, or have a pop at anybody in application call or any of our clients. We are always going to leave that person better than we found them. But we have to do, we have to say, we have to have the conversations that ultimately allow us to sleep safely at night, that allow us to get into bed and say, well, that person might not like me based on what I said. I might not have given them what they immediately wanted in that moment. And they might think I'm a bit of a cunt for the next fucking couple of hours. But ultimately in six months and a year from today, that person will love, respect and trust me because I operated with integrity, even though it didn't feel like it was in their best interest at that point in time. When I pointed out, identified that, look, although you want to achieve this, the fact of the matter is we've got ABC upstream of that. And until we look at really addressing that, until we look at really like changing that, then we're not going to get the outcome that you want. And if you've been through multiple different failed quote unquote endeavors, and you've invested a lot of your own money, a lot of your time, a lot of energy, cognitive load, and you felt that that deep emotional sadness of trying really hard and not getting the result you aspire to, then ultimately we're not here to make you feel bad. We're not here to make you uh, accept blame for anything, but we are here to just say, look, mate, we can help you with this, but it's going to take longer than you think it is because we're not quick fix merchants. She's not here to get ripped quick. We are, we are the antithesis of the online coaching world, so to speak, in that we are holistic. And you know, hopefully that's something that's, that's, that's picked up upon in our social media content. And now you're beginning to understand like how we think. And ultimately the bottom line for us is, is did we do what was right for that person's best interest at this present moment in time? And are we able to sleep soundly at night knowing that we had the courage to call out what we were seeing rather than just, you know, essentially fucking lying and painting a living room with a house is about to come down around them. Okay. Just simply in order that we can create a before and after picture, because that's not ultimately the, the definition of peak performance, according to the hard to kill vernacular and hard to kill vocabulary. It is about complete multifactorial holistic success. Okay. So that's an analogy that I'd love you to work on and love you to, to sit with moving forward is that of the painter. And if you are going to look for a coach, okay, which I'd encourage anybody to do, whether it's us or not, I would encourage you to look towards a coach because that external verification, that, that third set of eyes is enormously powerful. If you are going to just ensure that you're, you're, you're moving into that conversation with an open mind, with no expectations, and that you're not calling someone in to paint your living room with the roofs on fire and then gagging and binding them. Okay. Now a good coach that's worth his salt, or a good coaching organization that's worth their salt will have the courage and integrity not to be rude to you, but to, to identify the, the faulty line of belief system and speak directly to that. So it'll be very polite and respectful to you, but they'll be ruthless in dragging out and executing that belief system in effort to get the outcome that you aspire to achieve. And it's ultimately about being holistic. So that's pretty much it from, a, uh, from, from my position on a holistic standpoint. And it's something that I really wanted to cover off because I wanted to be able to transmit and communicate and articulate how it is that we see human performance and peak performance. And I wanted to touch on how it is so closely tied into resilience and to grit. And just touching on grit there before we finish, understand that again, neuroscience has studied grit and we know there to be six core components of grit. And the one that I specifically want to draw your attention to is the grit to train your weakness.
Okay, that is a specific variable of grit. It is a determined value of grit. Is the grit to train your weakness. So for me, I'm very comfortable in, in real physical suffering. I wouldn't be doing the fucking marathon de Saabs if I didn't like pain, if I didn't, if I didn't feel comfortable in that environment. Again, nutrition. I'm very I'm very happy and very confident and very comfortable eating for functionality on a regular basis. And you might very much be the same. But do not allow yourself, do not self-soothe and do not fool yourself that you're doing the necessary work if you're training too much and eating too much of a rigid diet because it's distracting you from what element of your roof is on fire which is that you're using exercise as a distraction you're procrastinating because you're you're not willing to sit with difficult emotions which is maybe there are issues in the relationship that need spoken about in order for you to access true peak performance to get your screen time down to improve your sleep quality to improve your cognition potency etc so on and so forth you know maybe you are using training and nutrition to distract you from being unhappy at work well, there's so many different things i don't want to plant seeds here i simply want to draw awareness to the fact that one of the core components of grit is the grit to train your weakness. So if in doubt, zoom out. And if you're not attaining the outcomes that you aspire to achieve, if you're not getting the success, the performance that you aspire to achieve, then understand that the grit to train your weakness is a really, really essential and core component of peak performance. And being very honest with yourself, once again, not to assign blame or fault, but simply to assume responsibility and say, okay, like I'm, I'm going to have the capacity to zoom out here. And I've identified through a holistic lens what I feel to be the causal factor. Is it comfortable? No, not at all. No bloke, me included, likes to have to sit down with their partner and have vulnerable conversations about this is how I'm feeling. This is why it's really a problem to me. This is what I'd like for us to do about it. And this is the, the metric of success. If we do action that, it's really uncomfortable. And I can speak firsthand to sitting on that sofa and, uh, you know, knowing what you want to say, but there's a, almost like a physical fucking block and the words will not come out of your mouth. Understand that's a weakness and having the grit to train that weakness, having the grit to get better there, ultimately will dictate and determine that you have better outcomes down the line. So, that is the value of being holistic. That is the components of resilience and grit that are composed and comp are contained within the holistic. It is not a dirty word. And hopefully you've gained and gleaned an enormous amount of value and hopefully some insights off the back of the episode. And I would love for you to, uh, to offer us some feedback on has that been useful for you? What did you learn from it? And how are you going to implement that? And also some feedback on the sound quality and the new environment through which we're now operating because hopefully it's going to be a better audio and visual experience for you. So fantastic first episode of 2023, guys. And I look forward to speaking again very soon. Mm -hmm.